On today's show, the Suns have the longest win streak in the NBA. Do we need to take them seriously as title contenders? Plus, the Bucks won their first game without Adrian Griffin. But what can Doc Rivers do to maximize that group? We talk about all of that in part two of Chet vs. Wemby on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. Wes Goldberg here with Pat, the designer, however you might be tuning in. YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash Locked On NBA and use that code, all lowercase, Locked On NBA, for a first deposit, uh, deposit match up to $100. We're going to talk about Doc Rivers taking over in Milwaukee and how how Wednesday night impacted the Rookie of the Year race. But let's start in Dallas, where the Suns turned a 16-point deficit in the second quarter into a 22-point lead after outscoring the Mavericks 43-20 to in the third quarter. Devin Booker scored 22 of his 46 points in that third quarter, helping lead the Suns to a blowout win. Pat, that was a crazy game. Yeah, I mean, listen, when when you watch that game, it, it as somebody who just came off of uh as me and Nick coined it getting sunburned last uh last two games ago, last game before this one, right? Like yeah. this is a team that you can never count out. I believe the Bulls at one point led by 21 in that game tonight, leading by 16, a Dallas Mavericks team in the first half where Luka Doncic looked absolutely unstoppable. I mean, he he literally looked like the strongest man on the court at most of the time in that first half. And, you know, we, we got to that closer to that second half and they just turned it on. And this is what they put this team together to do, right? Like this is not a surprise that the Suns can go out there and do it. You got Bradley Bill, you got Devin Booker, you got Kevin Durant. These are guys that can get it going at any time. And if you get two of them going at the same time, it's going to be one of the most dangerous things that you're going to be able to see. I thought that second half as a whole, I mean, 75 points in the second half and just, seeing Bradley Beal and uh, uh, be able to go, not so much go off, but right, just the impact that he was able to have, six assists mm -hmm. in that second half alone, 13 points. You see what Devin Booker was uh, able to do as well. Of course, the 30 points, you look at that and just go, what the heck is going on? But it allows, th this is a Phoenix Suns team that, Devin Booker normally is the main guy running the point. Now I can let Bradley Beal do some of that when we need to get the offense going if KD's not going. This game got a little chippy as well. Did love that, and I think that things really changed uh, multiple times, right? I could go back to the Bulls game and this game. Right. When somebody just turned and decided, I'm going to mouth off to this team, and, and we're going to get into it, and Grant Williams ends up getting ejected due to one of a weird call there by the refs but when we started seeing a little bit of back and forth that's when they get going when this team gets fired up we know what they can do let them lie dormant <laughs> let them <laughs> lie dormant that's 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 what the takeaway from i'd say three of the last five games is some teams just have a personality and a, like a trigger right something that kind of flips the switch for them and you know, those dynasty warriors, it was when they made a couple of three-pointers and they were having a lot of fun. Sort of that joy flip switched, yeah. and then it triggered them into taking those big runs. With this Suns team, 
there does to be there there seems to be a chippiness switch with them whether it's like Devin Booker trash talking or maybe you get under Kevin Durant's skin a little bit and he just says you know what I've had enough with all this mess I'm gonna go ahead and take care of things here I'm gonna take care of business and that's sort of what happened tonight you mentioned that Bulls game they did this a week ago a couple weeks ago uh, against Sacramento where they looked like just a flat out bad basketball team for the first yeah. half and then they just turned it around in the second half and a lot of it is just shot making. A lot of it is maybe just that chippiness or kind of getting under their skin. DeMontis Sabonis was kind of going uh, against them in that Sacramento game. Uh, in this game, you had you mentioned the Grant Williams moment. A couple Some funny moments happening, by the way, on yeah. this Wednesday night that we're going to get to here. But maybe the funniest one was Grant Williams going at Yusuf Nurkic and try to plow into him. And then Yusuf Nurkic not moving and Grant Williams going like six feet back. I mean, that was great. Grant Williams had to feel some type of way about that. But that kind of got uh, got Phoenix going. But they they can also tap into this sort of death lineup type of group where they take Nurkic off the floor. They play Kevin Durant sort of at the five as their primary rim protector. They'll put like a Metu next to him or something like that. Yeah. No real other true big man. And that team just starts going. And they start scoring points in bunches. And it is so overwhelming for opponents that they are really dangerous. But the thing, Pat, like with them is – it feels like their floor is really, really low, but their ceiling is as high as anybody else's in the league almost. Here's what's scary about this Phoenix Suns team, and, and I think that there is something that – I will say this, right? As as excited as we are about tonight's game, this is not a recipe to win championships. No. This is not a recipe for long-term success in the playoffs. You're not going to be down 15, 16 in every game and in every single game be able to come back and all of a sudden dominate night in and night out. I don't, I don't believe so. If they do it, they will be the team that proves me wrong that does it. But I don't believe that playing from behind the eight ball is a recipe for success. But it does work when you have a team that in the second half, one of the greatest scores we've ever seen in our lifetime in Kevin Durant, can take three shots, go two for three, and you come back from a 16-point deficit because you've got so much offense on this team. Kevin didn't even need to do anything in the second half of this game. He was facilitating the ball more than he was doing anything else, and yet in the second half of this game, he finishes out with a plus 19 on his plus minus. Like That tells you the, the kind of impact that this team can have when it's clicking on all cylinders. I do think that you have to I, I believe that with a team like this, if you had this impact early in the game, you would put teams away so early that then you could do what the Golden State Warriors were able to do. I mean, the, how many years were we talking about where Stephen Curry just wasn't playing fourth quarters of games because they were up so much going into the fourth? Right. Um, no, it's a great point. This team kind of just... I don't even want to say, though, that like, they're playing with their food in the first half. I think there's definitely like issues with this team. Yeah. Defensively, there's questions. I think there's still questions about fit and what five you want on the court at the same time and things like that. Over their last seven games, though, they have a defensive rating of 112.3. That would rank seventh for the season in defensive rating. That's more than what you could have asked for from this group. But zooming out, they've won now seven in a row. It's the league-leading win streak at the moment. They're rising up the Western Conference standings, which is also good for them. But you look at the teams they beat, sort of a reeling Lakers team, but that's a good win in Los Angeles. That's a good win. In Portland, whatever. Sacramento, that's a good win. In New Orleans, that's a good win. Against Indiana with no Tyrese Halliburton, that's okay. Uh, Chicago, no offense. Meh, not taking yeah, that much man. away from me. No, uh, listen, <laughs> I come from, meh. 
and then in Dallas tonight with no Kyrie Irving. And so it's it's not a cupcake schedule, but it's not necessarily a really brutal stretch either. Half of them on the road, half of them at home. Um, I, I think they're moving in the right direction, but it's not like I, I don't have questions for them. But this is all you need from the Suns, right? I, I think this is a team that is going to, obviously, they're going to always get better as the season goes on, as Frank Vogel kind of figured out some different answers. And to me, my big takeaway over this last stretch is, okay, you kind of found something with that Kevin Durant at the five lineup. You can go to that. If you could just stay in range, which I guess is 16 points now for them, yeah. then they've got a chance in all these games. But I'm with you. I still have a lot of questions about them in the playoffs. I would not, I would not consider them favorites in the Western Conference. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this, right? This seems like a team, and tell me if you disagree, that is just waiting for the shot to get going. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like a ton changes. In the second half, their defense has been better. And and it is it does lock in a lot more in those situations, but it just seems like a team that's like in the first half they're not putting up any different shots than they are in the second half. In the first half they're taking very similar shots, they're getting to the same spots. It just seems like a lot of times in the first halves of these games they aren't knocking down the shots as quickly. But once it locks in, you got to figure out how to stop Kevin Durant, Bradley Bill, and Devin Booker, guys who I would say are three of the top ten scores in today's NBA. I think that's a great point. And it's it's almost like, hey, the shots are going in. We got good vibes. We're feeling good. Let's play a little bit more defense because we're feeling yeah. a little bit good. You know, it, it's it's a team that is kind of emotional in nature in that way. Uh, Frank Vogel's job is to make like he was hired so that they wouldn't be that right. He was hired so that you can kind of create this defensive backbone to yeah. this team like a standard. And I don't know that they've gotten there that consistently, but but we'll see. I know this. No team in the playoffs wants to play Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, no. and Bradley Beal, right? And so even the Denver Nuggets will be like, I don't really want to deal with this right now. So um, I don't think there's a team in the West that defensively, I guess it's tough to say, that cares enough on the defensive end. Maybe the Timberwolves. Maybe the Timberwolves mm-hmm. care enough on the defensive end. But like, I don't think there's a team in the West that cares enough on the defensive end to like not just try to outscore the Suns, which is going to be almost yeah. impossible to do if they get going. We've seen this again. I don't, I really hate comparing this Phoenix team to the Warriors teams because yeah. they're not even close to being on the same level, but well, those Warriors teams were better defensively too. <laughs> Way better. I mean, they were elite defensively also, but you would see the people get like, Oh, your guys are taking all these threes. I think NBA players by default kind of want to play that style. Like let's get up yeah. and down and just launch up a bunch of threes. Cause this is a lot of fun, even in the playoffs when you're supposed to lock in. We see this in the past. I think we could see that with Phoenix. I don't know. I don't I I don't I don't know that I have a strong takeaway from this win streak from Phoenix, but it, now I'm monitoring it. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. We got some games now with Beal and Durant and Booker under their belt. The defense is starting to figure out some couple things, some, just some things that work, some levers that they could pull. I'm interested. I'm watching it. I haven't buried them, but I haven't obvi- uh, but I don't feel good enough to make them like favorites. I don't think anybody does. I'm, I'm um, with you on that, yeah. Speaking of favorites, the Milwaukee Bucks, a lot of people had them as favorites going into the season to come out of the Eastern Conference. By record, they should still be considered their favorites, but they fired their coach. We'll talk about what's next for the Milwaukee Bucks here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by our friends at Grammarly. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. Look, I was so excited when Locked On announced that we were getting Grammarly as a sponsor here because I already use Grammarly in my daily life. I manage a website. I have a lot of writers under me. I have a lot of contributors that are submitting articles all the time. 
And look, I I obviously edit these pieces. That's my job. But when I just need a ne- another eye on things, I throw that thing into Grammarly and it gives me just another look, uh, spelling errors that I may have missed, grammar errors that I may have missed. And it's an easy way to help me clean up their copy. And by the way, clean up my own copy. Sometimes you don't get a chance to send your, your own work into an editor. You get a second uh, pair of eyes using Grammarly. Plus, if you're not a writer, you're probably writing emails. You're probably doing something like that at work. There is nothing worse than sending a lousy, misspelled email to your boss to look like an amateur. Don't do that. Even though your emails into Grammarly, they could shorten, they can concise your emails to make you sound more professional. They could clean any of those embarrassing spelling mistakes that you might not catch when either you're on in a rush or maybe you just don't notice them because you wrote the thing. Check out Grammarly. There's no reason not to use it. It's free. It helps your writing overnight, immediately, instantly help your writing improve. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-A-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from a specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the pro, uh, under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use that code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. All right, let's go to Milwaukee, where the Bucks won their first game since firing coach Adrian Griffin, beating the Cavaliers 126-116. to Giannis had his third triple-double in his last four games, and the Bucks snapped the Cavaliers' eight-game win streak. But the headliner here, Pat, is that they won this game without... Adrian Griffin, who they had fired earlier this week. It sounds like they are going to hire Doc Rivers to take over, but no Doc Rivers on the sideline tonight until that thing is official. He's not going to be there. But what did you see from Milwaukee without Adrian Griffin? Well, I mean, listen, uh, Doc, Doc Rivers is is good to go at this point. They, they've got him in place, and Milwaukee looks like a team that they looked like with Adrian Griffin. Adrian <laughs> Griffin was the problem in the equation. Damian Lillard's on this team. Giannis Antetokounmpo's on this team. We're not asking hard questions. We're asking how do you make the easy questions even easier? That's the goal of Doc Rivers coming in here. I mean, you look at tonight's game, it it didn't even look 
effortless on the offensive end. Still some questions for me defensively. This Bucks team did come out a lot more aggressive defensively in this game. I thought they did some really good things in that second quarter against Cleveland. Kind of second and third quarter really stepped up defensively and were able to really uh, uh, shut down what they were trying to do. Fourth quarter, some of those same issues kind of creeped back in, but at the same time, the game's over at that point. The Bucks have so much talent, and I think that this proves... This is what I've been saying for a while. A lot of people don't agree with it. I just don't care. Um, most of these coaches in the NBA are the same dudes. Your top five are different. The players matter. Your top five added with those players makes those players more important. Nick Nurse, Billy Donovan, Mike Budenholzer, Frank Vogel, all these guys, they've got the schemes. They've got... No, they've got great players. That's the difference that comes in. You know, when you see how great a head coach is in a situation like you got down in Miami, when you're sitting there going, everyone else is dead. Who's going to start knocking down threes? And all of a sudden, Gabe Vincent is able to start cashing out and you're flying to the NBA finals because the culture of that team is wrapped around not only the players, but also the coach. That doesn't happen everywhere. Most of these guys are the same dude. They're locked into whatever they come into in the game. They're focused on what their play calls are. They're focused on what they've practiced and what they're running, and they don't do the adjustments in game. Now, the problem with what the Bucs were dealing with was Adrian Griffin was worse than those guys. <laughs> Exactly. I was just about to say, you got the top five coaches making a difference and you got your bottom five coaches probably making a difference too. Um, look, I don't know. They had the interim coach on the sideline tonight, whatever. They were doing the ring around the rosy before the game, seemingly elated that uh, Adrian Griffin right. was I'm no not going to lie. I, I died laughing at the pettiness. Just incredible levels of pettiness. And just, you know, Giannis has been quietly petty. Maybe not even quietly petty. He's been on his petty for a couple of years now. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, but now he's got everybody petty. Nobody wanted Adrian Griffin there. That much was made clear by the ring around the rosy deal before the game. But to me, like, we're not going to see structurally differences like you were talking about. You got Giannis, you got Dame. They're going to do stuff on offense. Defensively, I still have some concerns. Tonight didn't change that at all. What, what I what I came away from with this is the vibes. The vibes right now are immaculate right now in Milwaukee just by subtracting the guy that nobody liked in the room. You kicked the guy out of the party that nobody wanted there, and now the party could start again, right? And so I, they're they're doing the ring around the rosy. I saw I, as soon as I clicked over because I had to cover the Heat game tonight. I click over to that Bucks game. The first play I see, and this, I understand this is very anecdotal, it, almost extremely anecdotal, to a point where I probably shouldn't even use it as an example. But I turn it on. The first play I see is Giannis running into a pick and roll with Damian Lillard, and I was like, "Oh, look at that! Is that a sign?" You know what I mean? And then a couple plays later, uh, Giannis kicks out to Malik Beasley in the in the corner. Beasley drains the shot. Giannis starts running across the court before Beasley even launches the shot. It's basically it's one of the daggers in the game when when Milwaukee went on their run there in the second half. And you see Beasley just doing the little the little wiggle shimmy in the corner. I'm like, this was not happening under Adrian Griffin. The vibes are much better, and maybe that's all Milwaukee really needed was some better vibes. That said, Doc Rivers does have a task in front of him what going forward with Milwaukee and Doc Rivers what's on the checklist for Doc what do you want to see him change what does he need to change right now for the Bucks? yeah um <laughs> I covered the Bears for ESPN and the number one thing that I said about Lou Getzey all season 
is you do simple, difficult. Do simple, simple. You have Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know what that pick and roll entails? I can't play off of Damian Lillard. Why? Because he's Damian freaking Lillard. I have to play up, which means I have to try and fight away over a Giannis Antetokounmpo screen, which is basically impossible to do, to try and keep a hand in Dame's face. Oh, we're going to switch? Okay, we're going to switch. I'm going to drop back. Now I got Giannis diving to the basket, and that's stoppable. You know what I mean? The teams have only been trying to figure out how to build that wall for for. 10 years of this, but like it, when, when you sit here and you look at the players you have on your team, doc, do simple, simple. I don't need you to figure out crazy schemes. What I will say, and I think that has completely fallen off a cliff. And I think the, the one part people are kind of less willing to fall down the thinking process of is Brooke Lopez getting a little older guys. He was, a, he's a major part of that defense, major part of them playing what good defense down low. You got to find a way to make Brooks life easier. If that means getting Bobby mm. Portis more time in there, allowing him to kind of just be that shot blocker around the rim where he doesn't have to move as much. I felt like Adrian Griffin was trying to have everybody on a string running around in a circle. And right. all of a sudden I, I can't tell you the amount of times His defense at, was the ring around the rosy thing. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. Maybe that was the point of the ring around the rosy. I can't tell you how many times I saw Brooke Lopez on a point guard at the top of the key, and I'm like, what's happening right now? What's he doing that high? So, Doc, just do simple, simple, and this is a team that is talented enough in an Eastern Conference that, I mean, let's be real, probably has one to two other teams that you really have to worry about that can take you to the NBA Finals and dispel a lot of the, uh, uh, um, I mean, it's not rumors, the, a lot of the the narrative around your name for what your name has been right. for the last five, ten years. Don't, don't do too much and get in these guys' way. I think he's going to be helped by the fact that he's getting hired in the middle of the year and he's only got a few months to get this team into shape before the playoffs. You the only do not. simple, simple, right? There's no training camp. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to overcomplicate. I think when he comes in, he's going to look at his two tentpole defensive players, Giannis and Brooke. He's like, what do you guys want to do? We want to play drop. Brooke Lopez wants to hang out by the rim. Giannis is going to want to be that help side menace that he's been under Mike Budenholzer. Okay, go do that. Hey, yeah. Dame, just fight over screens best you can. And if you don't really feel like it, that's okay because we don't have to be as good defensively as we were last year. We just got to be good enough because yeah. our offense is that dangerous now. Offensively, again, I like I like how you say it. Simple, simple. Like, that's the one thing that Doc Rivers kind of got right in Philadelphia. He was like, hey, we're just going to run James Harden, Joel Embiid, pick and roll every play. We're just going to do that. Stop it. And nobody could. It was the most yeah. unstoppable two-man game in the regular season last year. Obviously, it ran into issues in the postseason. But you don't really worry about that with Dame. You don't really worry about that necessarily with Giannis. And so you can run that. You can also – you don't have to wear Giannis out either. If he's if he's not going to buy into setting screens all the time because he's in the middle of an MVP caliber season, and by the way, I wouldn't blame him, then just do it with Brooke Lopez. Do it with Bobby Portis. But just make sure it's a steady diet of pick and roll. This team is ranks really high up in the league in isolation plays. There is no reason for them to ever run an isolation play in the half court with the kind of screen setters and the weapons that they have. They simplify that. They simplify their defensive scheme. No more ring around the rosy on defense. Just play your normal defensive scheme, and that's all. That's all you got to do. And I don't know if it's good enough to make the East, but it's good enough to be better than what you were under Adrian Griffin, which I guess is the whole point of this whole deal. <laughs> they fired him. 13 games above 500, guys. 
And I still got to deal with Billy Donovan. I'm sorry. I brought that personal in here. I'm sorry. I, I'm, their net I'm, rating. With their net rating, though, they were like on pace for a 40-win team. Like, they weren't that great. They, 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 no, I, and I think that, these games in clutch time. Yeah, they, they were a team that they're the definition of the talent was better than everything else. And we really, like, I, I'll be honest with you, they could have kept the interim guy in there. As long as he doesn't get in the way, as long as Doc doesn't get in the way, this team is now a championship caliber team because you got guys that have been to the NBA championship. You've got a guy that's hungry for an NBA championship. That's the key to success here. And you're adding in a head coach that whether we want to like it or not, he's a championship winning head coach. Yeah, he's got experience. He at least knows how to do this this job. And it didn't really feel like Adrian Griffin did. Not to keep piling on Adrian Griffin. He was bad, bro. No, we can pile on him. Yeah, he was was bad. He was historically bad. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about something historically great, which is going to be this rookie of the year race. We're going to get an update on that after this. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered directly to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask you what flavors you like, which kitchen appliances that you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind and start building your cart with delicious recipes and all of your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your tastes. Take their suggestions or choose anything that you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and a whole lot more. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. The best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you'll actually love with Hungry Root. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners 40% of your first off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies for life. I don't even know how they, for life. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know how you do that. It's just a lot of carrots. That's HungryRoot.com slash LockedOn. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. For life. I'm with it. What's your favorite vegetable? Ooh. It's corn a vegetable? It's a vegetable, right? That's not a vegetable. It's not a vegetable. It's a starch, ain't it? It's a starch. Uh, Tomato. No, it's a fruit. Have you ever had a vegetable? Oh, I've had vegetables. I. You know what? I'll say this. I, a, a good, a well-made green bean. There we go. I like a it. well-made green bean. green bean is a is a vegetable that I'll get down with. Like a green bean casserole. No, nope. green beans nope. on the side. No, no, nope. just... green beans on the side. Yeah, green, green bean beans casserole. I'm not gonna lie green to you, that, that leans half half black, half white. Leans more to the white side. We're not doing green bean casserole yeah. with seasoning. Yeah, you know I mean it's a little right. tough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. All right, let's talk about Rookie of the Year. We're gonna go to San Antonio. We got Chet versus Wemby Part Two. Look, we needed a Part Two because their first matchup in November wasn't. Awesome. Chet and Wembenyama were a little were a little underwhelming in that one. Chet had 9.7 rebounds. Wembenyama had 8 points, 14 rebounds. Ho hum. Also, Chet was playing center. Wembenyama was not playing center. That was still when the Spurs were running out their weird lineups, and they had Zach Collins at center, Wembenyama at power forward. So we didn't really get the one on ones. 
Not the case tonight. Chet had 17 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks in 30 minutes on Wednesday night. Webinyama had 24 points, 12 rebounds, and four blocks. This was a blowout win by the Oklahoma City Thunder, by the way. So congrats to the Thunder for blowing out a bad Spurs team. Um, but there was a fun back and forth in the third quarter for a stretch there between Wemby and Chet. What did you think of those two tonight? I'll tell you this. I I'm I was not a believer in Chet at all. I thought he didn't oh. have the weight to, to last in the NBA. Um, I thought the injury his rookie year kind of spoke to some of the issues that you might see with Chet moving forward. I am a believer in Chet because I'm watching how Chet now is playing, right? He's not sitting there trying to body up Victor Wembanyama every play. He's not sitting there trying to body up whoever the center is on the other side every play. He's saying, I'm going to use my length. I'm going to use my athleticism. I'm going to use my youth to my advantage and you're not going to be able to just move me out of the way. But if I want you to go past, I'm going to be able to get there for the chase down. Love what Chet is defensively. Offensively, I think I always knew he could score at this level right. um, because this is kind of the build that centers are going to have. The problem here uh, with the rookie of the year race is, ladies and gentlemen, Victor Wimbenyama is everything he's been advertised as, and Greg Popovich won't let go of his leg. <laughs> like I, I don't. Everybody sitting. Here, let me, ask, Wes. I guess let me ask you this. He's started the started his career here with injury restrictions for ankle injuries. What have we seen that leads us to believe that this guy has ankle problem? He had one bat. He had one ankle tweak earlier in the season. They haven't let him play more than thirty minutes since then. I'm with you. They also need to get that guy a real point guard. I know that if inserted Trey Jones recently into the starting lineup. They move Wemby to center. But look, we're baby steps here, right? They move Wembenyama to center finally full-time. They're bringing Zach Collins off the bench. They have him playing with at least a nominal point guard at this point, somebody who's not Sohan, who's actually just a ball-handling guy who has played point guard before in his life. So that's a good improvement. I would love yeah. to go see them make like a move before the deadline for like just a real experienced point guard. That might be nice. But here, Wembenyama over his last 10 games... Uh, before I get to all that, this game was interesting. There was that back and forth in the third quarter. You did have Wembenyama chase down block Chet Holmgren. Uh, Wembenyama had a dunk on Chet, kind of used his right shoulder to push Chet out of the way. Chet tried to come back and tried, get Wemby yeah. back, and it didn't work. He ended up drawing an offensive foul on the play. Like I was really impressed with what I saw with from Wembenyama, even though I've sort of gotten to the point now where I'm predisposed to think that Chet Holmgren is going to have the better of him. But when you put – and look, by the way, Chet Holmgren's team won. They crushed him by like 30 points. So yep. nobody's dismissing that. And that's why Chet Holmgren doing what he's doing efficiently for a winning team, a legit contender with OKC, has been the leader in Rookie of the Year for so long. But Wemby is kind of weirdly, quietly, I, he's putting up numbers now that are going to be really tough to argue against. Over his last 10 games, he's averaging 25.4 points per game on 53 point shooting, 53% uh, shooting, 9.4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3.3 blocks. Chet in his last 10, so during the same stretch, 16.5 points a game on 53% shooting, so very close shooting numbers. 6.4 rebounds, so three rebounds less. 3.5 assists, so right about the same. And 2.4 blocks, so one less block per game. Wemby's numbers are just going to get so over overwhelming to the point where you are, we're going to have to ask ourselves, do we value Chet and what he's doing for the winning team over these overwhelming numbers from Victor Webinyama, who just seems to be figuring it out more and more and more. And you got to believe that these numbers are only going to get better between now and the end of the regular season. I, I would, I'll say this. 
right? And th- and this is what where you have to look at what could be, even though it's not because of who's holding him back. Over the last 10 games, how many games has Victor Wimbanyama played over 30 minutes? Zero. Zero. Over the last 10 games, how many games has Chet played over 30 minutes? A handful. Everyone. Most of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. The numbers are similar. The numbers, in fact, in some areas lean towards Victor. And he's doing it in so much less time. Oh, by the way, when he's on the court, Pop won't give him the ball. (laughs) Right. He doesn't play. He doesn't call plays for him. I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm not. I'm never. Greg Popovich, probably the greatest coach I've ever seen in my life. Never going to say that he's not. Respect to Phil Jackson. Pop got you. I think that he's a better coach. Everything you did, amazing. Love you in Chicago, right? It's 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 time for Pop. I love Pop. But you have a talent on your team of this level, and you're still trying to run the everybody eats B method? No, this ain't everybody eats B. Victor eats. <laughs> Half this team shouldn't be on this team. Victor eats, not everybody eats, because guess what? It's not like your system's producing you a ton of wins this season. Well, that's what's interesting is that you've got his arch rival, his nemesis, his peer, Chet Holmgren, playing for a ready-made contender with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are winning. They're going to be winning 50-plus games every season, barring injury for the foreseeable future, right? Yep. I don't know how close the Spurs are to that, even though they have – the guy that you would want to start that whole thing with, with Victor Wibanyama. And by the way, Devin Vassell is a very good player. I like him too. They need some things. They need some modern coaching like you're talking about. They need just a little bit of tweaks. It feels like they're really far off because they can't win a game and they just lost to the Thunder by 30. But I don't know that they're really that far off if they make the right moves. I think they, I'm not going to say they can go out and win 50 games next season, but they could get back up into the play-in mix. They could be a legit kind of playoff-y team as soon as next season. But again, they have to make those right moves and they need to do it now because Webinyama, like you said, he's that dude. Now go for it. There's yeah. no sense in waiting around. And and I think that's the part that's the most concerning. Victor Webinyama, like let's be real. Chet Holmgren's probably the third best player on his team. Right now. Right now. Right. And not yeah. to say he can't get better, but right now he's probably the third best player on his team. Victor Webinyama is the best player on his team by far. And you won't give him not the close. basketball. It's yeah. not even close. I love Devin Vassell. I literally said the Bulls should have drafted Devin Vassell, and we took Patrick Williams, and I was like, the dude that was passing the ball to Devin Vassell a lot? Like, that's the guy that we wanted? <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. All right, I'm backing this guy now. Now he's my guy. But I love what Devin Vassell does on an NBA court and how he's able to attack everything about him. It's not even close, and Victor Wimbenyama can't get on the floor for more than 30 minutes. That tells you something. And I get, I'm never going to say pop system can't work in this NBA. I do believe that a Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, uh, a Tony Parker style system can work in this NBA if you have all the other role-playing pieces on this team. But I don't think they're anywhere near getting the role-playing pieces. And the biggest difference now for back then for this Spurs team to start winning is nobody's flocking to go to San Antonio anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. I, does Victor I mean, Wembenyama I, I change that? Maybe, maybe people want to play with Wembenyama. I don't, I don't think, but he doesn't have those spider webs in the league yet. Like it's yeah. one thing to be a great player, but you got to have friends, 
And I don't know that he has friends. I mean, he didn't even play AAU ball here. He doesn't have any pre-existing relationships. Like the Spurs are going to have to work to get guys more than even they ever had. Um, even if they have Victor Webinyama to your point. So look, I, they got some work to do. I think there's something to be said about giving him the good habits that Greg Popovich could instill early on in his career. So he doesn't go the other way. Cause there's another version of this where he's got Adrian Griffin as his head coach, Yeah, you know, and it goes the other direction. Oh, there is that. <laughs> so look, we'll see what happens here, but uh, it was a fun, at least we got the fun one-on-one that we had been waiting for. We got that. So um, a fun night of NBA basketball. We wrap it up here. Thanks for making locked on NBA. Your first listen every day, every day is make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.